You're listening to episode 38 of the Thrive Tribe 419 podcast, Raising the Stakes with Ralph Schlatter from Canal Junction Farm. Prosper, flourish, bloom with your people, your close-knit group, your clan, straight out of area code 419 with the most cutting-edge, controversial, and enlightening information from the most knowledgeable experts in everything mind, body, and soul. Welcome to the Thrive Tribe 419 Podcast. I'm your host, Rose Hollow. Hello, Tribe. This episode is sponsored by Matt Hollow, Licensed Professional Clinical Counselor and EFT Practitioner. If you'd like more information about what Matt does, please go to www.matthollow.com. That's www.m-a-t-t-h-o-l-l-o.com. So, do you ever wonder where your food comes from? I know I do, and the only reason I do is because I've kind of gone down the rabbit hole of um, healthy eating and nutrition and um, learned how important it is in the last few years, made some changes, and have uh, reaped the benefits of that. So now I do question where my food comes from, and um, I don't know... Uh, the first time I heard about Happy Cows was a commercial on um, TV, and I think they were referring to grass-fed cows, and I have been to a grass-fed farm, and I have to say, those cows did look pretty happy. So <laughs> I'm happy today to be sharing Ralph Schlatter with all of you from Canal Junction Farm, in um, located between Defiance and Paulding, Ohio, here in Northwest Ohio, and their farm is amazing. I, I know amazing is a word that's overused, but I don't know what else to say about them. They, they're um, pretty unique in what they do. They're innovative and they have happy cows and happy pigs and happy sheep and happy chickens and happy turkeys. <laughs> um, yeah, I, if, if their animal is on my plate, um, as a person who used to be a vegetarian, I feel pretty pretty good about eating their meat because I know it was ethically raised, it was treated well, it was fed the proper food, and um, it's going to help my body um, thrive instead of um, go into some sort of inflammation overdrive. So that basically, in a nutshell, is why I wanted to interview somebody from this farm. And I got Ralph. He is a fifth generation owner, farmer on Canal Junction Farm. And he got involved in their current farming practices 26 years ago. He took the farm from a conventional farm to a biodynamic farm by using rotational grazing, eliminating row crop farming, resulting in healthier animals, healthier soils, and consequently more nutritious food products. They also have a farm store where they sell the grass-fed beef and lamb, um, pasture-raised pork and chicken, and grass-fed raw milk cheeses that they produce and make on their farm. They also sell their cheeses through distributors. And when I was still eating dairy, <laughs> I loved their cheese. Um, their cheese reminds me of 
the cheese that we actually had shipped from Switzerland when we were hosting a Swiss exchange student and the cheese that he had shipped um, during the year that he was here because he didn't like our cheese. Uh, actually, we could have gone to CJ's, I think, because this cheese tasted just like CJ's. And the reason it did was because these cows in Switzerland live in the Alps and they are pasture fed all the time. They aren't given grain and they have this amazing milk that produces this amazing cheese and that's what they do out at cj's too so but that was before i knew about cj's now i wish that i would have known so i could have taken our student there and we could have uh made him happy with (laughs) with some real cheese but anyway their cheese is the only cheese i've ever tasted that that was like the authentic swiss made cheese and i'm not talking about the the cheese with the holes in it i mean um grass-fed cheese. But anyway, this farm has been very heavily involved in the grass-fed and grazing move in Ohio, um, helping to spur that on in Ohio and even beyond. They have focused heavily in the last five years on feeding their soil with organic and non-traditional inputs, um, which they feel has greatly enhanced and improved their end product and I I would have to agree everything that I've had from Canal Junction Farms is there's that word again amazing and I was just thrilled that Ralph agreed to do this interview so let's get right to it hey Ralph welcome to the podcast well thank you uh it's a pleasure to be here It is a pleasure for me to have you here. The first question that I ask all of my guests is, how are you thriving in the 419? Can you tell us what you're doing to uh, take care of your mind, body, and soul? Well, I would say, uh, for starters, uh, if I want to start with the mind, I guess, uh, I try and keep myself occupied, uh, keep busy, uh, try and just keep things going on the farm or, um, in general, um, you know, in, as far as soul, you know, I attend church and, uh, do that regular, regularly. And, um, I feel that's important to, for the soul. And then as far as body, um, we, we do promote, uh, what we call a healthy living style from a nutritional standpoint here. That's kind of our focus, I would say, and we we try and eat that way. Um, so we're fairly careful on what we eat and how we fix things. A lot of you know most things are home prepared, and we do not uh, eat much at all of what I call commercially processed foods. Ah. And I think that's important as far as the body is concerned. Excellent. And I know a lot of the listeners on this podcast feel the same way that you do about that. So I am so happy to have you here to talk about all of this. And I'm sure that you also stay in shape by uh, working hard on your farm. And I would love to hear about what the biggest challenges of farming in Northwest Ohio have been for you and um, some of the benefits of farming in Northwest Ohio as well. Okay. Excuse me. Uh, probably our biggest challenge, and, and that maybe this is something that has dated way back when I started, 
in Northwest Ohio, especially Pauline County, we have very heavy clay soils. And um, when we were doing conventional farming, row crop farming, some, it seemed like that was an extreme challenge for us. Um, working the soil, not too wet, you let it go and then it's too dry, you know, let it go too long and then it's too dry. Uh, that that was a struggle. Actually, when we shifted to our grazing system, uh, at one point I was told that it will never work around here because of our soil type. And, you know, that just really nagged at me for a long time. But we feel that it has worked and it has worked well. Uh, part of the key to that is being able to get the animals out to the fields, um, we use stone laneways to get them out to the fields, and then uh, when they spread out, even on wetter times, uh, they they get along fine. We don't tear the fields up too much. Uh, so, I mean, so that still is somewhat of a challenge, but we've learned how to work around that. One of the benefits I have found. Um, over the years, uh, I remember actually, it had to be the early 70s, we were having an issue. We were still raising uh, row crops. We were doing a rotation, four-year rotation, but we had row crops, and uh, we always struggled to raise alfalfa. And we mm -hmm. finally had a field that had a decent stand, and we were told by the um, fertilizer people, well, you got to put uh, potash on it now, 0060. Well, we did that, and it just seemed like it started to die. And uh, mm -hmm. we had an older gentleman. He was an old German background fella, and this always stuck with me. He went, he went out there, and he said, you got a spade? Let's go look at that field. And we went out there, and, of course, the ground was hard, but we got the spade in and dug up a chunk of ground. He picked it up and looked at it, and he said, you have good soil. The problem is it's dead, and that really uh, struck me, and I thought, now, how do we get the soil alive? What did he mean by that? And I've learned later that people say, I mean, even uh, like university people, your clay soils are some of your most mineralized soils. They're some of your best soils if you can just handle them right. So going to our grazing system now, we got rid of our tillage, um, and I'll tell you, we have seen some huge improvements in our soil tilth. We still do soil samples uh, from soil samples taken in the 70s till soil samples in the 2000s now. Our organic matters, most of them have nearly doubled. Wow. And we have, and that, when I say doubled, I should give you an idea. A lot of them were running from two and a half to three, maybe three and a half back in the 70s, which wasn't even bad for this type, this area. But we consistently see fives and sixes now uh, on organic matters. And what and did I you do to... What did you do to get that organic matter up? Sorry to interrupt, but um, no, that's fine. I feel like I um, lost a lost a little bit there in the story. <laughs> well, a little um, to get to that point, 
unbeknownst to us, um, at first, we we found out after we had shifted our farm over to grass farming that they say that a grass production will increase organic matters faster than anything else. And mm. I'm a believer in that now. Yeah, I've that's seen what results you guys do, people right? People that have, have planted like continuous corn, they say, oh, corn, you know, have 20 ton of fodder per acre, you'll build up organic matters. And yet after 20 years of this, they're basically just flat. And uh, they say the the dying off of the roots of the grasses, the rebuilding, the dying off, the rebuilding, and the no tillage is what builds the organic matter. And I, I'm a believer in that now. How do you define being a rebel? Is it about breaking from the values of society, or is it about passionately living by your own? At Rebel Chiropractic, we believe that in a world of sick and suffering people, it is an act of rebellion to claim the health you deserve. We're the only multi-doctor practice in the Northwest Ohio region who specialize in the Gonstead method of chiropractic and in pediatric maternity and family care. So I'm talking to you, you rebel, you crunchy, anti-vaxxing, natural product-using, organic, proactive, not reactive rebel. Call Rebel Chiropractic at 419-878-8142 and mention Thrive Tribe 419 to set up a complimentary nerve assessment to see with your own eyes how chiropractic can help you and your family thrive. I was going to say another thing that I experienced through this that I had never heard or seen or heard up until probably five, six years ago, maybe just a little bit longer than that, was we're very saturated right now. And um, if we get a rain and it warms up, if we get a rain now like in April and it warms up, uh, if it could get up to 65, 70 degrees someday, and you walk out in that, those fields, those pastures, when they're really saturated like this, you literally hear the earthworms. As you step along, you'll hear the earthworms sucking back. Ah. Uh, it, it's just, <laughs> wow. I, I, first time I heard that, I thought, what is that noise? What is that sound? <laughs> it's not very loud, but you hear it. And, oh, my gosh. Uh, I mean, um, we just, I, I'm just uh, amazed at what we've seen happen over the years here. That's amazing. I have never heard that noise before. Now I want to come out and walk through your pasture <laughs> yeah. with some boots on. <laughs> you get, it usually happens in the spring when they're, uh, you get a nice warm-up and the ground's really, you know, you have to spring rain, and that's when you usually can hear it. <laughs> that's fascinating. I, I knew nothing about that before. Yeah. So you've told us a little bit about the history of your farm, um, trying to get the organic matter up, and, and you did that by planting grass and not tilling your field. Um, can you tell me a little bit more about the history of your farm and, and more about why what you're doing is so unique to this area? Well, I would say, um, I guess as far as the history, our farm was, uh, I'm fifth generation or children of sixth generation, so it was... Um, established in around 1852 or 3, I believe, without looking it up. And 
I would say at that time we were always uh, like a four-year rotation. And as I grew up, we my dad still had a, you know, he had corn, beans, wheat, and hay. And mm -hmm. then it uh, started shifting some in the 70s, uh, more to the row crops and less hay, it seemed. And uh, and in the area now, you see a lot of just row crop. And something in this area that I've seen that I never thought I would ever see is continuous corn um, in this type of soil. And the only way I, <laughs> the only way this can be done is with a lot of synthetic inputs. Um, mm -hmm. And then the more synthetic inputs, uh, fertilizers and stuff, uh, there's basically nothing there to hold the water from running off the fields when you get an inch of rain, um, mm -hmm. and Lake Erie becomes a, a green lake. Um, yeah. We, we do not, um, I mean, we're, we're saturated now, so if we get another, we get more rain, we'll get some water off our fields. But when we're getting relatively dry in the summertime, if we get an inch or two of rain, literally nothing runs off. Uh, and, I mean, it doesn't. Whereas the neighbor's fields, uh, I don't think they can hardly take an inch of rain and they've got water running off of them. Hmm. But um, that, that is something that has just has opened my eyes uh, tremendously. Uh, we just don't lose water after we start, you know, after we get past this spring season, this wet season right now, once it starts drying up a little bit, seldom do we have water running off our farm until the next spring. Sounds like you've discovered some secrets that other people should be paying attention to as well. Well, you know, <laughs> I've tried to voice my opinion a little bit on this Lake Erie issue but and changing some farming practices, but it's kind of fallen on deaf ears so far. Well, hopefully not on this podcast. I, I hope that some people do listen to this and maybe it'll make its the information will make its way into someone's ears that is uh open to this. So when I toured your farm a couple years ago, something else that struck me was that hydroponic system that you had just put in. Are you still using that? We are not. Um, that that was uh, sprouting barley seeds. And then one week you had, oh, I don't know, six, seven, eight inches of uh, green material sprouts. And we were feeding that to the cows, uh, some to the chickens and to the pigs. And we mm -hmm. felt it was very good feed. It was very labor intensive to do it. Uh -huh. uh, what happened, and I don't want to go into a lot of detail, but the price, we, re we did find out we about had to get barley seed from out west in a more dry climate. Mm -hmm. uh, to other, We tried some from Midwest barley, but it grew mold real fast. And when we used uh, barley from an arid, more arid climate, uh, we hardly dealt with any mold at all. But it went from uh, the first three years, it was 14 cents a pound for barley seed. Mm -hmm. And when we called that next year, they said, well, barley seed is 95 cents a pound this year. Oh, and wow. I just, oh, well, that just put us out of the sprouting business for sure. So we... Um, we kind of dropped it off there and let it go. Uh, labor was kind of an issue, too. We were having some 
trouble just keeping someone working in there. But we've also um, really started working on our soils more, um, and I don't want to get away from that, but that, that's kind of where the hydroponic system ended up. Uh, we decided not to continue with it after the barley seed went so high. Couldn't yeah. really afford to. Yeah, that's too bad. That was a really cool experiment, though. It, it was neat to see somebody doing that. I had never seen anything like that before. It, and it was. I, I still uh, kind of marvel at it uh, in one week's time. And we would we were producing about a ton of that material a day. Um, and, I mean, to me, that's a significant amount. Yeah. But it was, we just felt it was, I mean, the, the animals loved it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we just didn't feel it could justify to keep on at that cost. Right. And with needing somebody there all the time, I can understand that would be difficult. So yeah. So yeah. who is working on your farm? I know you, you have a lot of different things going on there. How many people are there? And um, I know that your family is very involved. Do you have other employees as well? We do. Uh, my wife and I and uh, our daughter, Renee, and son, Kyle, are full-time. And then we have um, summertime, we have a couple grandsons that come and help a little bit. Um, we have two other, actually, Renee's to-be husband will be full-time on the farm then, too. Um, oh, cool. So he, he he's really interested in what we're doing. So we've tried to provide that opportunity for him to come and uh, get dirty. Yeah. Now, has he ever worked on a farm before? Uh, He did the last year, year and a half. Um, But he did not grow up on a farm at all. Oh, okay. I'm curious to know how it all turns out. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, we're we're anxious to see how we can, you know, make him fit in and everything there, and see what his interests are. Uh huh. So. so I know that you had mentioned that you try to follow a healthy lifestyle as far as nutrition goes. Do you, do you and your family eat the products that you make on your farm that you produce? Yes, we do. Um, we don't eat much else. I mean, we do buy some fruits and vegetables throughout the winter, but uh, by and large, we we do have garden here, too, in the summertime, but we eat pretty much what we raise here. And, and then in our store, we do carry... You uh, Yeah, we have, we have some assorted products, uh, um, different oils, uh, saute oil, olive oil, coconut oils, uh, and then some dried fruits, and uh, we try and make sure that all these products are organic, come from organic sources. So those are certified organic. Mm-hmm. And what are the meats that you guys produce on your farm? We we raise beef, uh, lamb, pork, uh, chicken, and a few turkeys. Um, those are all raised here, and then we do, on the dairy side, we do have, um, 
we, we make cheese. And I did mention you were asking who works on a farm. We do have a cheesemaker on staff, too, that helps quite a bit on the cheese side. Okay, cool. Um, let's go back to the organic issue here. Are your products considered organic? And can you tell us about um, why or why not and what it takes to be certified organic? I know that it's a very intensive process. We've, um, we use, we could probably certify to be organic at any time. Because we, mm-hmm. we have not used any, uh, what I call, uh, salt-type uh, fertilizers. We have not used any pesticides, herbicides on the farm for 26 years. Um, we've shied away from it more because of the time, the paperwork involved in doing it. Uh, we, we promote the grass-fed concept, and uh, we feel that's... Uh, as good or or better than organic. Uh-huh. So what are the health benefits to eating grass-fed versus conventionally raised meat? Well, and grass-fed I, cheeses. Yes. Um, first I'll say that a certain animal is meant to eat certain things. And I think then, you know, like a cow is meant to eat forages. So, therefore, I feel that that cow's products, uh, meat, milk, uh, cheese, are at optimal nutrition levels if that animal eats what they're meant to be eating. Um, And so that's one reason we try and feed them as naturally as we can. When an animal is fed, I mean, the cows will eat corn and soy, but when an animal is, so to, I'm going to say, forced to eat that, which, I mean, they'll readily eat it, but if that's all they get, that changes, and, and we've done a little testing. There's laboratories that will test your products. Uh, we've done a little bit in the past. Oh, uh, there is definitely a difference in the nutritional makeup, the fatty acid profile of grass-fed over what I call conventionally fed. And uh, we, those, I don't know if you're familiar with, you know, the omega-6 and omega-3 ratios, fatty acid ratios and so on, but those mm-hmm. of you who are, uh, are um, we did uh, a raw milk sample when we were still feeding a little bit. We were feeding about six pounds of grain to our cows yet, we feed none now, but this has been 12, 13, 14 years ago already. We were phasing it out, and we were still feeding a little bit, but I got a sample of milk from one of the conventional dairies in the county and one of ours, and I sent them to a laboratory, and there's obviously differences in the composition of, uh, of the milks. And we did a little with some beef once, and there's a difference. Um, when you hear people say that, well, beef is beef and milk is milk and chicken is chicken, uh, all you have to do, laboratories can, you know, they always hype up how technology is so great and we have to keep up with it. That's one place that technology can help someone like us prove that we there is a difference. 
That's very interesting that you did that. And I think for those people out there that don't know what we're talking about here with the difference or the ratio of omega-6 to omega-3, really, it's easy to Google this online. And if you don't have the right, if you're not eating the right ratio of healthy fats, um, you basically can have more inflammation in your body. And this is a very, very basic description of what happens, but um, many... um, there's a lot of research now showing that inflammation in the body is the root cause of many diseases and illnesses. So um, what you eat really does matter. And uh, this is really cool what you guys are doing, I think. So yeah, if anybody out there doesn't understand what we're talking about, just Google omega-6, omega-3 and inflammation in the body and you'll find all kinds of uh, interesting things. And uh, PubMed is also a good place to look for information on this, I think. Yes. Another um, thing is conjugated linoleic acid, CLA, which is Mm -hmm. uh, different reports have shown it as much as five times higher in grass-fed beef and dairy products than in conventionally fed. And that, that, uh, the conjugated linoleic acid, there are researchers pointing to the fact that it's a very potent cancer fighter. So, you know, I, I don't dare say that that's what it'll do, but research is leaning that way. Right. And again, PubMed has information about this that anybody can access, which is that I love technology for that reason, because anybody right. can read this information and yeah. see it for themselves. You don't have to wait for your doctor to figure it out. You can go figure it out for yourself. Right. So, yeah, very, very good stuff. Hey Tribe, I wanted to pop in and tell you about our newest sponsor, health coach Stacy Stevens from episode 17. She is ready to take on new clients this year. Are you struggling with fatigue, weight gain, or having trouble sleeping? Have you recently been diagnosed with a health condition and want to start eating better? Maybe you exercise already and feel great, but know you could up your game when it comes to food choices. Uh, Stacy is your person. Stacy has supported people with digestive conditions such as celiac, IBS, Crohn's. She's helped inflammatory conditions such as psoriasis, arthritis, and fibromyalgia. She's worked with thyroid and other hormone issues. She's worked with mental health issues such as depression and ADHD. These things are all impacted by what we eat. And that's what Stacy focuses in on. So learn how to give your body what it needs to thrive by working with Stacy. She is offering a special price for our listeners. And that is three sessions for only $199. This is a three-month commitment to you and your health. You get an introductory session, which is where you tell your story, you talk about what your lifestyle is, your goals, what your diet is, um, your health conditions. And you guys, I know Stacy is a very detailed Um, detail-oriented person and very caring person and she is a listener so she will listen to your story and your needs and come up with a unique um, support system for you the right kind of education and everything you need to help reach your goals after that intro session you get two follow-up sessions which can take place in person or over the phone and those happen monthly she checks in with you 
uh, mid-month to make sure your questions are answered and um, that you're making progress towards your goals. Now, Stacy has studied with one of the top nutritionists in the country and will pass along her solid education to you in her coaching. In addition to education and support, you'll receive resources, recipes, and handouts to support you in your unique needs. And as her friend, I've even received some of these resources, and uh, they're pretty good. So I think you'll like Stacy. Now, she is taking new coaching clients, and the way that you can get a hold of her is to um, go to her website, and you can actually set up a free 15-minute consultation to see if you and she are a good fit for coaching. Her website is www.eatforhealthwithme.com. That's the word eat, the letter for, healthwithme.com. And I highly encourage you to contact her and ask about this offer. If you have a friend or family member that could use this kind of support, please let them know about this special too. Now, back to our conversation. Um, I would like to know, because I've heard a rumor that there are restaurants buying your products now. Um, is that true? Are there any places that we can eat around Northwest Ohio and basically... Um, take some bites of your food that's grown on on your farm. We probably the um, most well known one, at least to us now, is because we know who they are. They buy from us is Fowl and Fodder in Toledo. Oh, I love that place! Yeah. So you've been there already? I have, and it was great. I've been yeah. to their downtown location. Okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They they have. And there is another restaurant in Toledo that uh, does get a little product from us at this time right now. Um, we have not spent a lot of time pursuing restaurants, but they have come to us, which makes me feel better. If they yeah. woke us up and they're interested in what we're doing, so um, you know, I don't. Ha- in a way, I don't have to spend the time doing a sell to them because they're already interested. <laughs> Isn't that nice? <laughs> yeah, that makes it a little bit easier on our end. <laughs> right. So can you tell us where your store is located and how people can learn more about you? I know you have a website. Um, and I'm also curious about if you still do farm tours like you did for me a couple years ago. Uh, we do uh, still do farm tours. Um, we're kind of trying to set up maybe scheduling one once every four or six weeks this summer. Uh, we don't have that down yet, but we're considering doing that. And that's something that we'll probably publish on our uh, website or Facebook or something down the line as as, it get, as we get it figured out. Second Saturday in September, we do do uh, a field day that's open to the public. Uh, they come to people come to the farm, and we actually fix a meal uh, after it's over. Uh, it, you know, there's no charge, but of course we we target our uh, our customers, but it is open to the public. Uh, it's not just for customers. If anyone finds out about it, they can come. We do like an RSVP on that, so we have an idea of how much food to prepare. 
Mm. And we do a farm tour, and then we do a wagon ride uh, to look at the history. Our farm is canaljunctionfarm.com, and we it got the name from uh, the Miami Erie and the Wabash Erie Canal that met just north of us in a little town called Junction. Mm-hmm. Very cool. And, and uh, oh, let me see here. Did you say oh, the, our the store name then? Of your... So we're yeah. I, I could give you. Do you want me to just? We're about halfway between Defiance and Paldy, and where okay. that little town of Junction was, we're just south of there, about a mile and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, address of the farm, if someone wants to look us up and put in their GPS, mm-hmm. that's one eight six three seven, Road one six eight, Defiance. And that would, they could put that in their computer and phone or whatever and hook us up that way. Okay. And then we have store hours on Tuesdays uh, and Thursdays, 10 to 6, and Saturday, 8 to noon. All right. Although this Saturday we will be closed because of the wedding. (laughs) Oh, yeah, your daughter is getting married. Yeah. Yeah. I I completely understand. That's going to be a big day. Yeah. Well, congratulations to your family on the wedding and Thanks. to your future son-in-law for uh, scoring himself a great new job on your farm. <laughs> oh. And I, I'm curious to see where he ends up on the farm, what he ends up doing. That's, that's yeah. pretty cool. He, he seems to have an interest more in the chickens and pigs. Uh-huh. So... Uh... He helps with the cattle a lot right now. I mean, he is, he started working here just recently. So, um, and boy, I we'll tell see you, how, I, how he feels he fits in then. I, I think he'll fit right in because I, I sure yeah, felt I at home out on your farm. It, it was a, a really great place to be out in the country and nature, and your animals were happy animals. And, um, I like the, the family closeness and all of that. It seems like you guys have a, a really great operation going on out there. And um, I hear people mention your name more and more these days. So you're really, you're really doing something great. And I, I hope things continue to, to go well for your farm and yeah. for your family. Well, yeah. Well, thank you. I, I'm glad to hear that you hear our name being mentioned. <laughs> Oh yeah, I've I've heard it quite oh. a bit lately. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. And all good Glad things. To hear that. Oh yeah. Well, thank you for being on the podcast. I really enjoyed our conversation, and I hope that people go and check out your website again. That is canaljunctionfarm.com. and um, check out the store. And I know you guys do bulk ordering too. And there's a little bit of um, frequently asked questions. Um, on your website about bulk ordering, which I'm going to have to look at myself because I don't know much about it either, but I would like to try that sometime. So Yes, okay. Yeah. Sure. Well, thank you again for being here tonight and giving us your time. And um, I guess that's it. Okay, well, thank you for the opportunity. Absolutely, Ralph. Have a good night. Okay, you too. Yep. Good night, then. 
Thanks for listening to the Thrive Tribe 419 podcast. Do you know someone who could benefit from the information you just heard? Share the love by sharing this episode. Want to connect online? Check out thrivetribe419.com to leave a review or check out more episodes. You can also join the conversation by searching for Thrive Tribe 419 on Facebook or Instagram. See you next time. Keep thriving.